0: episode 52 david here and i have come from the future to warn you that you are about to start your new favorite TTRPG podcast oh yeah that's right first though you're gonna meet a naive young fella that i like to call episode one david and i am begging that you give the poor little guy a chance to grow on you. He's going to be nervous for a bit. He's going to butcher some rules and terms in these first few combats and episodes. But believe me, this guy will get better fast. And maybe even be worthy of the amazing players that he gets to torture every episode. You'll also notice a vast difference in our audio quality very, very quickly. As we upgrade our equipment, our studio, our techniques, all that good stuff. Now, now, I've also got to tell you that we at Fantasy events are not affiliated with listeners of the coast. I don't know if all that legally needs saying, but I'm deathly afraid of lawyers, so here we are. Uh, We are, however, using their Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel adventure module as a base for this story. We're keeping a lot, we're changing a lot, we're having fun. And if you want to experience a world-spanning adventure in a variety of unique and tragically underutilized mythological settings, check that shit out right now. Also, if you like the background music we use in this campaign, then check out Sirenscape. Most tracks you hear will be theirs apart from our own original music written and recorded by our own editing legend, Mr. Jeremy Wolf. If you're new to this community, I just want to say welcome aboard. We're always happy to meet new friends and make new connections. We've got a Discord, Instagram, Facebook, all that crazy stuff, and all headed up by the world's most likable man, Mr. Steven Rodriguez. Oh, no, the, the the time the time rift is closing. I got to go. I'll see you again down the road. For now, get ready to laugh, cry, and fall in love when you slide into these fancy pants. That, that, sounds, that sounds really weird. <laughs> I did not hear you come in. Where'd you come from, you rapscallion? You come on over, come on over. We're sitting on the table right now here, and uh, don't worry about the smell. That's just Steven. Um, <laughs> come on, take a seat right here next to me. Can you get you a drink? Something to eat? I can't because I'm not physically there, but uh, I wish I could. Uh, hey, let me thank you so much for coming by, giving us a visit, and uh, and and. Sitting down with, with, with us for this, for this story, for this first session of Fantasy Pants. Isn't this, uh, isn't this something, huh? Uh, I will be your DM for this adventure, uh, David Monroe. Um, and don't worry about these two goofballs here. You'll get to know them in a minute. But uh, I'm going to wait for that because, well, because I want to get right into this story. I want you to know what you're here for. See if you like it. Let you not just dip your toes in, but your, dip your whole body in right now, right from the get-go. What do you say? All right. Great! I want to take that as a yes because I cannot fucking hear you. Okay, uh, and with that, I think it's time to start the first episode of Fantasy Pants. So we're gonna we're gonna open on a screen of white light, a projected image against a, a smooth canvas backdrop. We're gonna see flickers of static uh, on this screen, though it appears in flecks and waves of every color under the sun. It's a bit of white noise accompanying it, but it's it's it's, it's musical. Uh, there's there's a melody to it. It's it's strange. The image, uh, an image resolves itself on our screen. Simple image of a of, of a gaunt, dark skinned man, donning a straw hat, in the simple, rustic farming clothes of the world of God's breath. Why well, hello there. And welcome to another exciting episode of Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. We have a very special episode today for you folks. To celebrate our Concord Day, of course. As always, I am your humble host, Storyteller Ornan. You all know just how deeply I treasure the many stories that weave together to form the rich tapestry of our collective past. And while the story of our 25 worlds has no true beginning... I would like to refresh you all in one of many beginnings. To kick things off today, we here at the Crystal Network would like to take a moment, and just a moment, because I I know most of y'all have heard this tale about a hundred times now, to give a brief history of the founding of our gemstone concord and what wonders it has led to in our modern times. So let's begin, eh? 257 years ago, in the world of Anchor and Singar, Sholei, the brass dragon, made a singular discovery in her treasury. A strange glow emanating from a finely cut turquoise gem in her collection. And as she stared into the line of this gem, a voice called out to her very soul. A message in Reconic that begged her to seek out the structure known as the Aurora Diamond hidden in the deep ethereal between worlds, and restore it to glory. For ten years, Shole sought this marvel. She traveled tirelessly between our worlds and gathered some of our history's greatest heroes to join her in her quest. The dangers were plentiful, mind. In the end, many were sacrificed in pursuit of the auroral diamond of lore. Shole and her forces persevered through it all, in the end, well, they found what they sought, didn't they? Deep in the haunted mists of the ethereal plane floated the auroral diamond. It was, at first, a sight of some alarm to Brave Sholey. A massive fossil wrapped around the structure, which emanated with only the faintest light. And beneath it, a massive cyclone stirred a great storm soon threatening to consume the diamond, and with it the hopes and dreams of the many who had died in Sholey’s quest. But Sholey was not put off by this, oh no. no. She flew right into the structure and discovered the lingering wheels that yet maintained it. The ancient gemstone caretakers known as the incarnates. And with the Incarnate's assistance, Sholay and her allies brought life back to the diamond. And the resultant light that burst forth on the structure was said to push away the phantom winds of the cyclone, now known as the Canaan Gloom. To each of our worlds, the effects of the Aurora Diamond's awakening was immediately seen. The Concord Gems that lay dormant in our land suddenly sprang to lighten life and shifted to the deep ethereal. There, they took to their constant orbit of the auroral diamond and reached their true potential as gateways between our many worlds. The following formation of the gemstone concord, binding all worlds together in agreements of trade and assistance, is what we celebrate today. Exactly 246 years after its signing. Surely, of course, spearheaded this effort as well and still to this day works tirelessly to maintain it as anchoring St. speaker for the ancestors. But there were still many mysteries yet surrounding the auroral diamond. Among them, the origins of the message sent to Sholay through the form of a turquoise gem. Now the incarnates were bound by ancient oath to speak not of this matter, and so it seemed the truth would be a loss to the darkness of time. That is, until 50 60 years ago, when Sensa's own prized magical architect, Kejal Kamal, made a most incredible discovery. That beyond the ability to act as a trading port between worlds, the royal diamond also carries the properties of a magical transmitter. and can send sounds and images through the Concord Gems into their associated worlds. It is, of course, this very feature that allows me to speak to you all now, resulting in the creation of the Crystal Network. And this network has sparked an age of cultural exchange that has surpassed the expectations of our prior scholars and seers from every world. And there is no better evidence of the prominence of this age than the rise of the Luminary Adventurer. <laughs> And what better way is there to celebrate the lives of heroes lost, I say, in the founding of this Concord, than to cherish those brave souls that stand to protect our worlds today. And so we here at the Radiance City wish our luminaries a wonderful Concord Day. Now y'all keep an eye out on your festivities wherever y'all may be, and if you see such a hero, be sure to wish them the same. Now we have some incredible stories coming up for you today, including a. A rather heated confrontation between the mighty big man and a fire giant with some rather particular talents. Look forward to that a bit later. And maybe even a little message from Artash himself. Before that, though, the speakers would like me to put a spotlight on San Satyan and the spreading illness known as Sereno. We... And we pull away from this, this man on the screen... Pull away, revealing a large, squared sheet of canvas resting against the masonry of a tower wall. Our camera moves back further and further, and we come upon a scene of a, of a very busy city square filled with the hustle and bustle of human traffic. We see massive towers all around us. This is central New York, but, uh, but fantasy land, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to move, I think, from this scene a little farther back. As we pull back farther into the square, we come to a, a base of a, of a pillar, uh, a pole, jutting up from the middle of the cobbles. Folk moving around here and there, just passing it, ignoring it, and we kind of zoom up this pole to where a, a football-sized conical crystal rests. We see uh, this small, finely cut sapphire jewel slotted into an opening at the tip of this crystal. In this, we can see a vague image of our storyteller. The sheen of the blue gem. We can see this image and and just light pulsating through the crystal. Zoom around back, the same image being played on that screen against the wall of the tower on the other side of our square. We're going to move up from there, move up past... Posters you see resting against walls, like uh, you know, fantasy billboards. Why not? You see, Atash, this this larger than life archangel being, pointing out down towards the lower street. Sign just says, "I'm watching you." You see, uh, you see like an orc barbarian. a well-muscled body sheening, sweat. Uh, he's he's drinking this mead and. Under that just says, Kegor always eats at Bolga's house of mead. Miles north of the gemstone landing on Moor. And there's a number of these strewn about the walls here and, the, and these many towers. You see uh, a samurai in this, uh, this red plate uh, wearing a, a Tengu mask. Underneath just says, the crimson wind. And in tiny letters, visit... Shogyaki's noodles. And as we kind of move up and up and up past these towers, we pan out to the sky and look down upon this cityscape. We see this incredible display of architecture. We see towers so tall it defies the laws of physics. In particular, five. Uh, (laughs) Looking ridiculous almost. These long pencils just, just standing up against the sky, almost threatening to vanish into the clouds themselves. One of them has this rainbow palette to it. As you can see many gemstones inlaid in the masonry, seeming to shine in the morning sun. And we see that this array of towers is surrounded on three sides by this massive spreading slum. And On that fourth side, we can see this massive lake see the water shining as the sun rises at its edge and over all of this a title card appears down at the bottom of the screen it just says Sarul City of Towers and then beneath that Tythos the Sapphire World now we're going to pan back into the city but not to where we just were not to the towers, no now, we're going to move down to these three main roads seem to jut out from the city, through the slums area. And as we move down to, to street level, we can see that the along these roads, it is, it is pristine. The houses are small, sure, but they're well kept. The streets are clean. The folk that walk around are mild-mannered and well-to-do. We're going to pan away from these main roads, past these this first line of buildings. And here we see a place that tells a very different story. Houses with sagging roofs and boarded-up windows. We see tents filling a lot of these minor streets between these houses. And we see people moving about wearing glorified rags. People with dirty faces and missing limbs. A number of middle-aged men. Bent backs, staring around tired haunted eyes we push deeper into these slums past rundown taverns residences we come upon a, a warehouse just sitting on a street corner we don't see anyone nearby we pan in to a slot between a boards and a boarded up window a dark room the sounds of soft snoring and the only light filtering in from the same window we just came through and here we see on a, a couple of crates stacked up just kind of lying under a rag not in a comfortable position mind not at all we see a rather peculiar man and uh let's, let's throw a zipper in here and post the like a you know unzip the pants Copy that. All right. Unzip the pants. We're gonna unzip the pants here and post. Unzip it. Because uh, I want to take you away from this movie for just a moment. Because before we introduce this amazing character, it's time to meet the amazing guy playing him. Jeremy Wolf, how you doing?
1: Hello. I'm fan fucking tastic. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Glad to be here with you all. Oh yes, Get yes. These oh, this adventures is, uh,
0: going. This is my best friend next to me. Came in earlier. I don't know if you noticed him. He's sitting right here. No. Oh. He's here. Who that? Trust, trust me, he's here. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll roll with it. I got you, buddy. So, <laughs> uh, so, how's it feel? First episode, huh?
1: Episode one. <sighs> We're going to get into some crazy shit. I'm oh. looking forward to it. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be crazy. We're probably going to die multiple times and have like 10 different characters, but I, it's going to be fun
0: nonetheless. I cannot, for the life of me, balance an encounter. So, yeah, prepare for deaths. Prepare to not fall in love with this coming character because you will lose him, dear listener. You will lose him soon. Um, He's not wrong. I'm not wrong. wrong. I'm not wrong. But hey, uh, let's get right to it, huh? Ready Ready to unpause? Let's zip it back up. All right. We're back. Play is on. Describe the man that we see sleeping on a bed, well, on a crate, kind of a bed. Half a bed. Shitty bed. What's he look like? All right, so uh, you're looking
1: at Jules LaRoche over here. He's uh, (laughs) (laughs) just kind of haphazardly leaning up against a uh, little wooden crate here, a little burlap sack that kind of works as a makeshift blanket for him. (laughs) He's got a super uh, disheveled dark brown pompadour that's just kind of all over the place. It's a mess. pompadour? Yes. And... uh, I mean, it. it he, he's just clearly a mess, either from shenanigans of the night before or really, really good night's sleep. Probably <laughs> both. And uh, yeah, not much to him. Tall, kind of lanky, little skinny. Got really long legs, kind of just shooting out from under the burlap sack. There, he can sleep anywhere, you know. It's it's. <laughs> he, he gets tired. He's energetic, and he just he's out. That's it.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um. Yeah, awesome. So here we are. We see Jules LaRoche uh, sleeping in this dark and dusty room. And everything's very quiet. We're just focusing on the scene, hearing some some soft snoring from Jules. And you start to hear some other noise in the background, almost like a little hum at first almost like the buzzing of insects and it kind of picks up yeah 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 <laughs> and you hear like it's children uh, laughing and, and, and talking amongst themselves very excitedly and they get very close to, to where we are here in this building and then you just kind of hear like a, a, a small moment of silence and then boom the uh, a door just bursts open on this warehouse and seven uh, young orphan rogues just go tumbling in um <laughs> we see uh In the front, there is uh, this Chester. Uh, He is a 15-year-old human boy. Uh, Got this big, oversized, brown, dirty jacket. He's freckled with red hair that uh, is just crazy and wild. Goes down, covering his eyes. We have Jean's 13-year-old human woman. Uh, Brown hair pulled up in a bun that's hidden under a bowler hat. Um, Got these suspenders. Maybe they're Jean's. I don't know. Um... Looking over here, we see, we see uh, behind them, there's this, this very tall and gangly half-elf with short black hair and buck teeth. Uh, this is Fibrosis. genomus do you know what's Fibro? <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that name? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, to, our, to our friend here at the table, you all should have been there on our, uh, our session zero and we all just kind of went around the table making up names. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, not to blame for this. Uh, okay, I am to blame for fibrosis, but I'm not to blame for all of this. Uh, we have Mulligan's <laughs> Fulligan. I, I am to blame for Mulligan's Fulligan. Um, who is a dwarf? 12 years old. Uh, loves to eat more than anything. Uh, he's pot-bellied with copper skin and blonde hair. He's got the faint beginnings of a, of a blonde dwarven beard, but not quite growing in yet. Peach fuzz. <sighs> you also see a, a stocky half-orc, a 10-year-old child, he just got this, like, real cold look in his eyes, you know, real furrowed brows. He kind of walks in, glances around the place, almost looking for danger in every dark corner. Uh, this is Miskin. Uh, we have behind him a, a, another a human boy, nine years old. Um, very, very solemn. Uh, sort of blank eyes stare straight forward as he strolls in. And then behind him... Oh, that's Paul, by the way. Hi there, Paul. And behind him, we have a, uh, a very young, very tiny tiefling girl. Um, she comes skipping in in, a, in in rabbit pajamas, just super dirty and gross, have not been washed in at least two weeks. Uh, for some reason, she's holding a broken bottle. I don't know. Like, branching like a weapon. She goes and stabs at the air a few times as if she was expecting a, a ghost to jump out from the shadows and attack her friends. Um laughs excitedly and then this group all just kind of roll into here and all turn towards jewels but what's her name oh
1: and her name is round stuff hey, hey and i am not to blame for that i'm not no, to blame that, for that that one's me I'll, that was I'll, I'll, him i'll take responsibility for that one
0: <laughs> absolutely uh yes uh so this 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 Group, Jeremy. Uh, what is the name of Jules' uh, group here again? We are called the Cherry Delights. <laughs> Cherry Delights. Um, the Cherry Delights come, from <laughs> barreling into this into this building, uh, kicking up dust everywhere, <laughs> like <all of coughs> coughing, uh, as they kind of <laughs> work their way out of this out of this cloud of dust towards the sleeping Jules. Um, I think Jules. Maybe he's really, really into his sleep, and uh, very they, much so. They, they take a look at him, and and Chester, the the, the wild orange haired lad, looks back at the other ones and like grins this gap toothed grin, pulls this uh, pulls this like stick out from from his back where he's tucked in his shirt, and just starts banging wildly on the crate. <laughs> ow! ow! Hey oh, Jules! Ah! Oh, what time is it? It's late, Jules. What are you doing? It's got, it's got to be
1: only like 1.30.
0: Man, where have you been? We haven't seen you since you were at Vickens last night. What? I, you came not out of Vickens pub. And we haven't seen We even. Where have you been? What the hell happened last night? Are you telling me?
1: I don't know. We've been looking all over for you. Do I look like I know what the hell happened last night? You don't look like you know what happened last week. <laughs> Am I, I right? I don't. <laughs> I don't. You know this.
0: Enlighten me. I don't know what happened to you, but after you left, you know the the, the High City folk came in. Oh shit! Yeah, your family's men tore old Vicken's place down. What? Bottle after bottle thrown out. Yeah, he was—he's in some trouble. They heard you was there. Now that's not fair. I ain't fair at that all. That's not fair. So what are we
1: gonna do about no, they're it? They're getting too close. They're getting too close. They're
0: getting too close.
1: We, we we got
0: him. We gotta fight the man, Jules. We gotta fight the man. are well, we gonna fight the man, Jules? What's the plan today? You see, Jean's uh, the young woman steps forward and just kind of rolls her eyes, like, "Well, we've already gotten a little bit done today." Oh uh, yeah, what's that? Well, we had a couple of, of, of sense folk. Uh, you know, the ones that are working on the the cobblestone, uh, the new cobblestone roads and in, in Sound Square
1: mm-hmm. and all around
0: it. Yeah. Well, uh, they got that, that fancy guy. What's his name? Uh, come on, something or other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's around. Yeah, they're, they're folk. They're loaded. And they're out of town. They got some money, so I figured we could pick some pockets and maybe uh, give our friend a little uh, always, helping
1: hand. Always with the good ideas. This is why I leave on the business and stuff to you. <laughs> hey, that ain't fair, Jules. I, it was my idea. Hey, hey, hey. We all got our rolls. We all got our strengths. You hear uh, Mulligan say, the dwarf,
0: I could really go for some rolls right now. All some right. sweet bread.
1: I got some rolls in the back for you if you want.
0: In this warehouse?
1: I thought I saw something back there.
0: Are they mold, Are they moldy? There's no way. There's, there's no way, Jules, that this place is going to... They might be. ...maintain the proper time temperature control to have <laughs> rolls that are wor- worthy of eating. You, you understand this, right? It's basic science. I mean... All right, we'll we'll, we'll get some rolls along
1: the way. Let's let's just let's get a move on here.
0: You see, like the door kind of like closes, and then the half orc's kind of like leaning up against it. Like, all right, we gotta keep our eyes open. He's (laughs) ten. He's a middle-aged ten. He's two two little beater sticks. Like, gotta keep our eyes open, Jules. You should be in the shadows. They almost got you last night. If you hadn't stumbled out lucky. We'd all be in the tank. In the tank, Jules.
1: Jewel, jewels Jules'll always get away. I'm sneaky like a snake.
0: Round stuff just kind of the teeth one just kind of laughs and starts like doing hissing. So that's. You <laughs> <laughs> <like> a snake? <laughs> See, she's got the idea. <sighs> so, uh, so yeah, Chester kind of looks at you again, just like, all right, so, where we going? We can't just hang around this warehouse all day, Jules. Philip Mulligan's gotta eat. And we all know there ain't rolls back there worth eating.
1: All right, let's, let, let's go get some grub, then we'll get down to business. Hell yeah. Fight the man. <laughs>
0: Fight the, the man, th- but not before food. Not before food, Not yeah. before food. Yeah, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, eh? Fuck yeah. That's right. <laughs> you remember that, he points to round stuff. Just, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, gang, let's go. All right, um, you all kind of turn and start, start moving out, out out the door onto the uh, onto the streets. The city slums. Uh, You all step out. I think they hear the door close behind you. You see the half-orc Miskin looks around again one way, then the other down the street. He's like, no one followed us. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) It's a badass. (laughs) You guys move on. I'll loop around the alleys. Make sure we're really alone. All right, Miskin, you got this. Yeah. He just like disappears around the corner. (laughs) Hey, wait, should we really split? Ow! he'll catch you. Oh, we're good. We're good. We're, we're just casual.
1: We're just chilling, just blending in, you know. Going get some food.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it. they did the damage. I think they're probably going back to the high towers now. Eh? They can't stand to be in our low sea too long. Them high folk, high guards, even. No, but my parents are gonna hear about this. Oh, they'll hear about it, all right. Hey, Jules, let's make them hear about something else. I'm thinking something big today, huh? Here, let's talk. I got a little bit of plan to tell you. And uh, he starts moving down the street. You're kind of following with him? Oh, yeah. Um, your whole group just gathered around you, laughing and, 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 and um, chatting. And they're about their own little conversations. And you kind of stop because you realize one of yours isn't moving. And you, you turn around and see that, that Paul, the, the young human boy, is, is kind of standing right outside the door. And you see he's staring into the sky and he raises a single finger with his vacant expression and points up and just says, Storm. I'm gonna
1: kind of slowly look up to where he's pointing.
0: You look up and all of the eyes of these children follow your gaze. All of you stare up. And you can see that the blue sky above you is very swiftly becoming overcome with clouds, dark black clouds, like, like black tendrils of smoke swirling in, moving together in like a spiral form. And very, very swiftly everyone around you in the street stops and stares as the sky is blotted out. That doesn't look good. We pan up towards this dark cyclone in the sky pan up as the winds begin to howl.
1: Guys, I think our plans
0: today might be changing. And we cut from that to a a very similar image, a very similar cyclone, but this one is absolutely massive. We're panning out from the dark and empty maw of this roaring roaring storm. see flashes of lightning here and there randomly bursting against the, the, the wind walls and we pan out from that to see that we are now in a very different world, very different plane. I'd like to welcome you all to the deep ethereal. The world between worlds. A world of fog. This rolling Miasma of a nothingness that connects all planes together. And in this nothingness, we see hovering above this storm, this cyclone, just above the maw. This brilliantly shining, colossal diamond. We can see that there is... A whole city built upon this diamond, resting on the backs of this stony fossil that snakes around it, this, this massive serpent. We could see lush vegetation covering bits and parts. We can see these giant buildings jutting out. you know, this is not, not nearly the size and scale of Serule, where we just were, but it's still very impressive, especially for existing in a place that should be uninhabitable. And as we sort of zoom into this, we see that the diamond's color shifts. Before it was this, just this brilliant white light, and suddenly it starts to go to this deeper crimson, almost pulsating. And and you can hear the small squeal, like... <coughs> some sirens coming from various smaller diamonds jutting out of posts all up the uh, the spiral city streets of... The Radiant Citadel. And as we kind of pan down towards this fossil, towards this city, we move up, up to the the head of the snake, if you will, where we see that uh, the very tip of this city ends with sort of a half-moon shape in the, uh, or a crescent moon shape, I should say, in the stonework. And in this... In, in, the, in the crescent sort of opening of the stone, we can see it just barely perfectly fits this gigantic sapphire that seems to have come to dock against the edge of the fossil. And this thing is, I mean, I said gigantic again, is building size. Uh, it could hold hundreds, maybe even thousands of people inside. It is hollowed out. You can see figures, um, dark shapes, dodging in and out of this large opening in the gemstone. We're going to sort of move down towards this, towards the blinking lights. Um, we see like a number of, of, of figures running back and forth in these, uh, this brass armor, um, all uniform. We are looking down upon the shield bearers, a policing and, and uh, search and rescue force that exists on the citadel that serves... The higher powers of the citadel, the speakers for the anci- or the ancestors. And we see shield bearers running this way and that. It, it, it is chaos here. Um, a number of civilians are just moving uh, into sort of watch uh, as some shield bearers are kind of pushing them back, keeping a line away from the docking bay here, the passage of respite. And as we kind of focus in on this, we, there's a figure we see moving towards this, this, this passage, kind of moving up the city streets, strolling down the stairs, down to this docking bay, approaching this massive gemstone. And while he is dwarfed by the scale of everything, this figure is still larger than life. As we zoom into this, looks like a, a half-dragon, a humanoid dragon with a grand tail, these gigantic wings, shining brass scales, that match the gleam of his shield-bearer armor. We see a confident smile. We see eyes hardened and blazing with determination. We see a hero. And then we pan behind this figure, just barely catching the tips of a couple horns that are strolling to keep up. And our camera scrolls slowly down to see the... Well, I guess the real hero of our story. Pause. That pause, like on the screen. Let's throw an unzip in there. There you can And I don't know if anyone's going to hear you unzipping your pants. Okay. So please don't. Hey, everyone. Let's take a moment to introduce our second player here uh, in this in this campaign. Uh, Steve Rodriguez, the old Portugueseian. How you doing?
2: Hello, Steven Rodriguez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How you doing, man?
2: Uh, good. Yes, I am a little Portuguese. <laughs> the only geese that can't fly.
0: Oh no. And we just lost ten listeners. We didn't even have ten listeners. We are negative negative ten listeners now. <laughs> negative ten.
1: That is bad. Sorry.
2: All right. I'll keep the I'll keep the corny jokes to a minimum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's going on? Are you excited to be here? Uh yeah. You excited uh, to meet we're... our friend?
2: Yes, our friend the listener.
0: Our the listener.
2: Um, yep, happy we're finally doing this. Jeremy was kind enough to lend us his, well, not lend us, but co-opt his studio space for us. And here we are, having fun.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Cheers, Jeremy. To
0: make
1: believe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Before we go on, what are you guys drinking here tonight? We're celebrating over here at, uh, at the Fancy Pants Studios, a.k.a. Jeremy's office in his apartment. We
1: are drinking a delicious Goose Island bourbon county from 2014 that I've been saving for a special occasion and episode one of fantasy pants. It, um, it, it's the occasion.
2: So, so this bottle of beer is, um, maybe a little bit older than round stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
0: That is uh huh. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Hey, we met Steven. Steven's pretty cool. Well, uh, we'll see a lot of that guy. And, uh, I think we should move right back into our scene here. Zip. Zip it back up. Zip. And why don't you tell us, what does this, uh, this little guy look like?
2: <laughs> this little guy is uh, another half-dragon of smaller stature, probably five foot something. He has the same copper-colored skin scales that his older brother in front of him has oh. but they do not gleam and shine it's more of a a matte color <laughs> I'd, I'd say maybe somewhere halfway between brown and orange this dragonborn also has wings but much smaller they don't really appear that they would be functional they don't they don't look like they could take him off the ground uh likewise his tail is shorter um and he has horns like his brother that uh, curl down around the side of his head. And he has an expression on his face that I can really only describe as pesky. <laughs> <laughs> we will come to know this as Zebulon.
0: Uh, currently Zebulon brass. Am I right? That's correct. Yes. Dibulon, you are running down, uh, you're, you're in the midst of all these shield bearers that are running back and forth, forming a, a sort of defensive line. You, you managed to get in, uh, somehow kind of sneaking in behind uh, the tail of your brother, uh, Arhalon Brass, who is a lieutenant in the shield bearers and who is currently moving towards a very dire-sounding mission. From what you gathered, something... Something bad is happening in the world of Tythos. Something bad is happening in the city of Sarul. The Citadel, the incarnates have warned of some devastation incoming. Some powerful magic that has just been unleashed. And here you are to attempt to do something about it. I think I think as he as he hears you, so they, uh, you move him behind him. You see your brother spin; he whips around super fast. His like his big muscular tail. I mean, you, I mean this is a muscular tail. You, you're jealous of the tail. Almost takes you out as it flies just above your head. You just <clears throat> Zebulon, what are you doing here? I I have work to do. You should be staying in the apartment.
2: Come on, our It's been long enough. You can take me with you. You know I can. You know I can, I can do this. You
0: can count on me. Count on you. We are doing... This is serious business. It's a search and rescue mission. We are trying to pull evacuees away from this devastation. I, I, I can search. I can rescue. You can't, can't do tell anything. Tell me what to do. Look. Zeb. He kind of like crouches down really low so he can look you eye to eye and puts a hand on you. This... This could be my chance. You... You don't... Like what are you trying to prove Zeb that I can be helpful too you you, you help me every day I get to come home from what I do and, and and tell you about my day and we can discuss back and forth you know whatever things you were doing that day and, and it helps me in that way I I'm not looking to lose that and, and this could be dangerous you know this could be dangerous what will, what will grandmother think if you get hurt I don't care what Sholei thinks. I just want to be... I don't care what Sholei thinks. Like you. Look, here's what I can do. You can come. Yipe! You get looks excited, he puts his finger up. You can come, but you are staying on the Concord Gem. You understand, you do not leave the Sapphire. As people come on board, you escort them to a place to sit. You, if anyone's hurt, if anyone needs help, you can assist them carrying luggage or, or, or babies or whatever it is that you need to help with. But you do not leave the Sapphire. You understand? I will rescue them from the front door and search for a seat. Don't even go to the front door. Stay away from the front door. Stay, stay in the back. Just stay out of the danger. Yes? Yes. All right. He turns to kind of, like, stand up. Um... And you kind of see as, as as he kind of like moves away from you, a, a number of figures uh, kind of approach your position, uh, moving past you. And as they move past, Arhulan looks at them with just this sort of, I guess I wouldn't say open uh, dislike, but uh, but very close to it. Um, you see, there's a a, a man, uh, super well built, in like these these sort of almost like black tights. And this black mask with a skull in the front, um, you see beside him, there's this, there's this, uh, like, almost looks like a Roman centurion with, like, the, the I don't know what you call it, the the, the broom helm, paintbrush helm, the floor scrubber the, like,
2: helm. Mohawk sort of shape. Boom, that's oh, the one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're trying to talk about now. What, what? Yeah.
0: You didn't know it from what I said? I, I was I was responding to you. Oh, gotcha. Yes. I so understand. what you're
2: saying is everybody here except for Zebulon is huge and
0: jacked. <laughs> well, the last of them. This guy, uh this guy's isn't so jacked, but uh makes up for it in their in their cool serenity. You see uh a a a looks like a wizard um holding some kind of, of, of strange flower that seems to be like it's, it's this large, like, yellow flower that seems to be like, kind of, like, twitching and moving as she's whispering some incantation over it, and it's glowing faintly. Um, and you see that, that, that she's uh, dressed in these flowing green and orange robes, reminiscent of the, of the world of Shankabumi. Um, you recognize that this is a group of luminary adventurers that must have been on hand that are moving to to assist matters on Tythos. The first of them, the, the luchador from San Uh you know this guy. He's pretty famous. This is Demilich. Um, and as he kind of walks by, I think he sees Arhalan's glare and he kind of looks. He stops and everyone kind of stops behind him like very abruptly. He he's he's you can tell he's kind of the leader of the group, and he kind of crosses his arms and half smiles towards towards your brother. Um, very cocky. Just like <laughs> You ready to sit back and watch, shield-bearer? Don't worry. We'll handle all the saving and fighting. He looks down at you and he's like, Hey there. Demi Lich. You must be, uh, one of Shole's, huh? Yeah. Hi, hi Demi Lich. I'm I'm Zebulon. Hey, Zebulon. He puts a hand on your head and, like, ruffs up your horn a little bit. Wow. (laughs) Tell you what, Zebulon, glances back at your brother. Why don't you uh, keep an eye on us? Maybe you'll see something impressive. Hmm? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, I got your back. Um, The woman kind of steps forward like, I... Demi Lich, please. This is not the time for this. We must get going now. You can play with the shield bearers later. We have people to save, yes? Uh, yeah, right. <sighs> Come on, Filmira, Let's go. And, uh, he turns back. He's like, some of us got real work to do. And the group of them go marching down the stairs, rushing into the open doorway of the Blue Gem. Arhalan is, like, staring after them. He's stopped. He's silent. Maybe this is a bad idea after all. You should probably just stay. He looks down and sees your, like, eager expression. He just sighs again. Fine come on, let's go. And you stay in the sapphire. In the sapphire. Okay. Come on. Um, the two of you uh, go running down. Uh, you hear like men just like Last call, let's call for shear bears. Come on, come on. Ariat's at the helm. We're going. Um, you filter into this into this large chamber. You see like inside this gem it's vaguely circular. Um, there's this gigantic room with almost like, like bleacher-esque seating. As, as you step in, um, you're kind of moving in, in sort of a, a little lane between two bleachers. as You go in the entrance door, but then you see like... I mean, there's a ton of seating here kind of arcing up to uh, to work against the walls. And then sort of in the middle of the room, there's this, this large sort of open... Uh, I say pit. I don't mean it's like you know I don't say pit isn't like it's gonna, you're gonna fall in 10 feet it's, it's, it's like 5 feet down with stairs leading to it but this is more where uh, generally folks would throw their baggage and they'd unload it afterwards if they if they don't have if, if it's a tight enough load that people need to you know they can't bring in the bleachers and such but there's a lot of trade between the citadels so a lot of uh, crates and such are going through here they all hang out in the middle here As um, like I said you step in here and it's like it is massive uh, it's like a full stadium you're walking into and no, no one's really moving to sit. Everyone's kind of the shield bearers themselves aren't a, aren't a huge force, but they are expecting to bring a huge force back. Uh, they all kind of move towards like the the side of the bleachers. They stand in front of them, stand at attention. You see this man kind of steps through their ranks. Um, you see he's 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 bald, but I mean but clean shaven, um, you know, shaved face, shaved head, shaved eyebrows even. Uh, he's got like a few, like maybe two painted dots resting on his forehead, and this look of just, just this stoic, stern expression just slapped onto his face at all times. Um, he's he's thin built but very athletic looking, and you see he's got these two, uh, I guess sort of like arm size swords, you know, a little, a little longer than a, than a typical uh, short sword, but uh, not quite long sword length. Um, resting at each of his hips or each side of his hips and uh, you recognize that this is the head of the shield bearers a man named Ariat Ariat kind of like steps down, walks right into the middle of the diamond, turns back to everyone just like, is everyone ready? I want no chicanery here it's a standard in and out rescue mission we pull in, we gather people, we bring them aboard I want squads five, six, eight, and 10 on crowd control. You understand? We need people in here orderly. Orderly! What's your ass? Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Alright. Let's get to it! He spins around and he starts moving towards uh, this is a different spot, another another sort of doorway at the end of the stadium on uh, a small, almost cockpit room beyond. You see like he steps into there and you can vaguely just make out this, uh, this sort of glowing white uh, sort of almost dashboard of crystals he takes a full hand and places it down on one and you don't hear him whisper any command words but you understand the gist of how this works there are command words spoken the command word embark to have this have this gemstone break away from its docking bay you don't feel it move it's so smooth as you push away from the citadel, about five hundred feet <laughs> away from the docking bay, close to where the other gemstones orbit, and then the command word phase. Like I said, you don't hear it spoken, but you feel its effects immediately as light just pulses, boom, 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 up and around everywhere around you becomes almost blinding and and you're gone we return to a scene of chaos jewels you stand with your your gang with the cherry delights all around you staring up into a sky that has just gone mad the wind has like picked up like crazy you see any sort of loose crates, barrels on the side of the road, just rattling. And
2: um,
0: Jean screams, <laughs> kind of covers her head. Her hat almost flies off. She holds it down to her. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take my burlap
1: sack blanket and just kind of hold it over her and just kind of comfort her a little bit. Chester just looks at you, and even he is scared. Like, Jules, man, what's going on? Something's happening. I, I, I don't know what, but something big. This I ain't ever seen anything big. like this. Quick, quick. Let's
0: go get some shelter. All right. Um, You guys, uh, I guess, begin to move. Uh, Where do you want to head? You know that the best shelter is going to be in the high city, but do you dare go there? No, I I think at this point we're just going to go into the nearest open building that we can find. Okay. Um, Kind of moving down the street. You actually see there's a tavern just up ahead. Another one that you probably have have visited before. You sort of move in. Everyone just kind of... (gasps) running behind you. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna kind of open the door and just kind of hold the door for everybody, the crew, anybody else on the street that can get in. Come on, let's go, let's go,
0: let's go. Uh, you see, like Fibrosis is still staring at the sky. This is, this isn't, this is magical.
1: Fibro, huh? Fibro,
0: get your ass in here!
1: Yeah,
0: sorry, sorry, yes. <laughs> a, a, a barrel almost takes him in the head as he goes and dodges it, Jesus almost falls Christ. to the ground, Run. crawls. Run! Stands up, and runs back in, gets right past you, slides in the building, and you can close the door. <laughs> Closes hard as the wind pushes against you. You turn around to a room. A lot of silent people are staring. And their eyes are fixed on a small screen. Not know on one of those same, like, white screens we, we, we opened up on. It's like white mesh lining the wall here. You can see there's another one of those same conical crystals kind of set up a, on, a, on a high shelf. No, no fancy prop on this one. It's just kind of like resting somewhere. We have a couple of like books stacked against it to keep it from moving. And it's projecting an image onto the screen. You can see that same man that uh, you didn't see in Character Jewels. But Storyteller Orange on the screen. He's staring out towards all of you with a wide eye. He's like, right, This is for my Tythos, brothers and sisters. You need to go. You need to get... You gotta get going to the... If you can, to the Traveler's Plaza. Get off Tythos. is a shield bearer warning. You need to get out. Evacuate. Shield bearers are coming. They're bringing in the gym. We're taking ships out. You gotta go. You gotta go. Oh, shit. Evacuate. Evacuate. And he's just going repeating this over and over, like, making sure everyone hears this. And the people in the pub are, like, looking at each other. There's a lot of... It's a high city. They'll never let us through. They'll... They keep us away. We, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. No, no. If we stay here, we're dead. We, we have to. We have to make a run for it. We can break through their lines. I don't care if there's guards stopping us. And will there be guards there now? I mean, they'll be trying to get out too. If we make it to the, make it to the Plaza of the Traveler, uh, the seal bears will let us by. They will let us through. They don't give a damn about Tythos politics. They'll save anyone who gets in. You sure we can trust that? You speak out, and people just look around, and uh, a lot of eyes widen, and a lot of scared, stiff mouths part into into these sort of fragile smiles, and it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Jules. Jules, you're here. <sighs> what do you
1: think we should do, man? Uh, we definitely don't want to trust anybody that's not like us.
0: Look, uh, I-, I know that... I know we've been hurt by the highborn folk before, but the folk at the Radiant Citadel, they're good people. They'll help us if they can. But if we stay here, our buildings are made of scrap wood.
1: Anybody with a shred of power don't give a shit about us, and you know that.
0: They have to. It's it's, it's in their codes. The incarnates, the incarnates themselves, will hold them to it. If we can get to the plaza, it's the only way. It's the only way. What's happening out there? It's cra- and as he gonna, as he speaks, um, you just see like one of the boarded windows, like the boards just <laughs> rip off of it and go like clattering. Guys, <laughs> like, like something smashes against it. It's like, oh shit! Um, people kind of dash away. Fuck! Fibro looks out. Jules, I don't want to alarm you, but I think whatever this is is getting worse. God damn it! I don't like this. Chester says, I don't like it either, man. But Jules, what are we gonna do? We can't stay here, man.
1: No, we can't. We gotta go. Alright, everybody. Stay in the group. Stay huddled. We stay safe. <sighs>
0: a woman just, like, steps forward in, in sort of a ragged dress and just hugs you. Oh, thank you, Jules. Thank you. Uh, there'll be time for this later. Let's go. Let's go.
1: Okay. Alright. Let's go. Um, you're leading them out? Yeah. I'm gonna lead them out. I think I wanna... We don't wanna go in the middle of the street. I think we wanna kinda hug hug the sides of the buildings as much as we can
0: you uh you could have pulled the door open and it's just a side Miskin's kind of standing there like there's trouble <laughs> Here's was up scouting the Miskin was standing outside the whole yeah. time <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he was
1: just
0: up, way too cool
1: <laughs> you made me close the door on Miskin
0: there's <laughs> a lot happening <laughs> I forgot that he wasn't with you so I was kind of like, <laughs> a, like there's trouble you know the Miskin can take care of himself yep and I, yeah. got, I kind of look back and i say you know what to do. You're right. I'll stab the storm. You pulls out yeah. a sword. Come on, just starts leading you. <laughs> uh, I,
1: yeah, and <clears throat> I'll kind of let Miskin lead the way. Okay. He's, he's, he's just gonna lead.
0: I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> running down the street. You do it, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you, I think right behind you, you have like the uh, your, your cherry delights all lined up. Yeah, kind I'm of be, staying be, I'm very, very careful. close. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm being careful not to run ahead. I'm, sta- I'm staying with the group.
0: Yeah, and Chester's actually in the back. He's kind of got um uh, Paul on one in one hand. He's kind of like holding his hand and holding um, Roundstuff's other hand uh, since they're smaller. The winds are actually really buffeting them, pushing against them, and he's moving alongside them. And as you step out, you see these other other uh, low city folk um, all just like running out into the streets, all just pushing towards the the great spires, the great towers in the distance, to the promise of safety that lies there, but beyond the surety of corruption.
1: Yeah, as we're running, I just kind of have this look of dread in my eyes as I'm looking up at the towers that we're
0: running to. And maybe looking at one tower in particular, that great multicolored monster just the tip of it completely gone in the midst of these black swirling clouds, the Tower of Authority, the LaRoche family throne.
1: And I know that somewhere, somewhere in that tower, my parents are looking out the window right now, looking down at the chaos, and they aren't going to do a goddamn thing about it.
0: We phase away from that, and we enter... The uh, the Traveler's Plaza, this great sort of open uh, uh, area. I mean, like I mean, like there's really nothing here. Maybe some some a few uh, little spots of vegetation, potted uh, plants, um, kind of dotting the very edges. But you just have this sort of great open space, um, this cobblestone kind of uh, uh, display leading up to a a, a great wide. this platform kind of sitting in the middle of it all, all made of stone all sculpted and we kind of stare at this at this massive empty platform and there's a people lining all around this spot we just see like a <laughs> flash of blue as the sapphire concord gem appears in place just barely floating off of the tip of the platform and immediately, go, 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 go! Shield bears uh, uh, making commands. You see, like, men in armor charging out, do, 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 do. Uh, kind of running out, just like, stay calm, stay calm, line up! Right here, line up, starting here, moving one at a time! Women and children first, women and children first! And they're just kind of pointing out their way uh, back into the door uh, as, as the shield bears are flooding out. You see Arlon. Moving among them, you're, you're kind of standing uh, right behind him, and he kind of, like, reaches the door, turns around, looks at you, gives you a pointed gaze, and just mouths, stay here. And you see him vanish into the crowd as he goes out to lead the efforts outside. Zebulon, as you're standing there, you feel a presence come up right behind you. You turn around to see... You're standing basically probably around like the the lower abdomen mark of this tight black tights wearing man with the sort of ske- skeletal design running down the front of his body and the skull and his helmet. He just like looks at you and smiles, his eyes gleaming in his mask. So, uh, you gonna listen to him? You always do what Big Brother tells you? Demi, let's stop. <sighs> what? Or what? Just wanna help the kid out. I uh, I think I
2: know what I'm doing. Right.
0: Well, don't know how much of a view you're gonna get from in here, but uh, keep an eye open. Maybe you'll see a thing or two. <laughs> he kind of cracks his knuckles. Come on, let's get out there. And the group just nods. The Centurion just like raises a spear up, looks down at you and says, "Good day," and just they all just run down the stairs see ya. out into the crowd, you see the luminaries go to work you see as they step out, I mean the shield bearers step out and people were, 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 were calmed but as the luminaries step out of this gem, you can see something else wash over this crowd you can see like, first the whispering oh my goodness, it's Gaius it's Gaius Argonius Guys, Argonius, the, the crystal spear? No way. He's here? Oh, we're fine. Oh, oh man, they sent the best. Oh, this is Felicius. It's this. I can't believe. And they're just, like, going on. Oh, they're so, so excited. They're all just, like, uh, 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 like moving into this crowd. And they don't even, like, really run. They kind of stop and wave. Yeah, maybe, like, shake a couple hands. You're like, ah, you're all going to be fine. Don't you worry about a thing, huh? We'll take care of things from here. I know we can't exactly wrestle a storm, but we can keep you—we uh, can keep you safe from uh, any flying debris for a minute, and if anything ugly's out there, you just let us take care of it. Ah, uh, so cool. <laughs> you can just hear them sort of talking. Um, are you staying in the in the Sapphire for now? Yeah. Okay. So you're just kind of watching as people start funneling in, and I think like the first bits of uh, groups are starting to walk in with you. Um, and some shield bears are taking them to side and bring them anywhere. Uh, I guess you're kind of like greeting them. No one really seems to need help quite yet.
2: Yeah, as as people are walking by, like Zebulon keeps like reaching out his hands to like I don't know, <gasps> grab something or try to like maybe he like grabs somebody's arm as they're walking by and they just kind of like shove him off. Like, oh, oh, he's no, just like me. he's trying to get sorry, in there sorry, and sorry, trying me. to help, even though he has no idea well, what he's to so do. Someone's got a someone's yeah.
0: got a baby in her hands and just walks by you and. You're just like, ah, stay away from you scoundrel! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, right right play, right, right, display, right display. I play. I know where I'm going. It's only one way. Right, right over here, please. <laughs> please stay orderly. Bears. Glad to you know the shield bears are sending their best, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Laughing as they move past you. Uh, please uh, just keep moving, please. Someone shoves you, and you kind of like almost fall down. Hey. It's like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you down there. <laughs> moving past... And uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of that. Um, These people are rude for being in the <laughs> middle of a <laughs>
2: a global crisis. They're
0: high city folk, man.
2: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking high city folk.
0: You're uh, you're watching all this go by, and. Um, this from where this door is you can you're staring out toward like deeper into the high city towards like the the great sort of spires you don't see any any low city i'll just put that out there beyond where you're looking you'd be looking at the uh the lake if you could make it and anything out that's the direction you'd be facing so uh jeremy the direction you're coming from is is directly south of of the conquer gem in the plaza. Okay. Now, it's close to the border of the low city, but not mm-hmm. quite. There's a few blocks in that you'll have to go through the, the, the towers of the high city Okay. Um, to move towards this location. Okay. And you'll be coming in from the exact opposite side actually, from where the door is currently facing out.
1: Okay. Now,
0: Zebulon, you kind of are dealing with these sort of Rude asshole, icey <laughs> folks, unreasonable people, and you look back out to see the luminaries shaking hands. You know, pointing the way. Not only even doing, I think, I think like the the um, you see like some debris was flying over, and the and the wizard of the group, uh, just kind of waves her flower around, sort of does this weird spin of fl- some petals, like almost phantom petals, seem to like blow up, and like a wind wall whoosh, appears and like blocks the debris from from moving. Oh, way, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one one like chair breaks like uh, from like from side of it, or, like a bench or something gets ripped out of the ground comes flying towards it and then you just kind of see like uh, uh, Lich grabs it and just suplexes it really cool like, it was so unnecessary but it was fucking awesome people cheered yeah
2: it was a little extra but <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> Not the most efficient way to block uh, a chair, but...
0: <laughs> You're watching all this. You're watching the people slowly kind of moving and aligned in here. Everything seems to be going very smooth. And that's when the lightning begins to strike. Oh, shit. You see it where you are, Zebulon. You're staring out the door, and then all of a sudden... Two bolts of lightning crash down onto the cobblestone of this plaza. The stone beneath them explodes... Out, you see people just immediately go. You know, one case, one guy just vaporized, explodes. Um, another person manages to dodge us out of the way. This 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 older woman manages to like dive out of the way, probably breaking a hip in the process. As this like the area right beside her explodes, um, debris just rains down over her, all over the crowd. People are like screaming as they take cuts from this the the, the stone that's you know flies off and and and, and slices them few more of these as as these lightning bolts rain down you see figures standing where the bolts hit figures made of pure electricity you see these like humanoid shapes about four feet tall very thin very gaunt somewhat translucent and just buzzing with this energy what's, what's going on here hey hey who Hey, who are those guys and as you're kind of looking out you see a lot of people goes, oh, like stay back maybe there's a moment of like people feeling unsure people not knowing what's coming is this a, a sign from the gods is hey, this, this uh- really happening and then you see one of these creatures reaches out grabbing a young man by the throat and <laughs> you see him drop to the ground dead And the screaming begins then, and we'll call it there.